Scotty from Immolation, and you are listening to Interview Under Fire. We're talking about uh, Immolation's new album, Acts of God. All right, everyone, I want to welcome, welcome you all back to the latest edition of Interview Under Fire. As always, this is your host, Sonny, here. And today I have the honor of speaking with one of the more prolific drummers in death metal music today, Steve Shalati. Man, thank you for uh, so much for joining our IUF series today. You know, obviously this is an exciting start to the new year for you and the rest of the guys over at the Mighty Immolation with the release of your latest album, Acts of God, which is set to unleash February 18th on Nuclear Blast Records. Now, uh, Steve, let me begin by commending you guys on reaching over three decades of brutality with immolation and all of the well-deserved recognition you guys have been getting over the years. I mean, 11 albums cemented into this band's impressive discography. I mean, for as much as I've been listening to you guys, I mean, there's so much to discover about this thunderous effort of an album and who you guys are all about. But before we get to all that and beyond, I think this is a good question to kick things off. Considering the state of the world in the last few years, couple years, how are you, bro? <laughs> I mean, does it feel like everything kind of just went by in a blink these last two years? Uh, yeah, it really does. Um, like last three years has felt like maybe like a year to me. And it's, 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 uh, I'm good though. I mean, I'm good. Yeah. Uh, uh, me and my family and my loved ones have kept things tight and uh you know we're, we're helping each other out you know what i mean it's get, it's now that it's getting on the long side you know what i mean it's it's wearing on people people are even strong people are starting to uh crack a little bit you know what i mean so we're yeah. all trying to be there for each other and stuff but yeah it's 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 been good it's been productive uh, we definitely haven't sat around and, you know, ate cheese puffs and binge watched anything. We've been working hard on the album and uh, making all that happen. So in, in that way, it's been like really good timing for us because we finished our, our atonement touring cycle and played like everywhere in the world on that. And then as soon as we closed down, it was like COVID hit like right after that. So uh, it was hate to say anything good about it, but it was good timing for us. You know what I mean? We needed to, to lock down, work on that album, tweak it. You know what I mean? I spent so much time tweaking those songs and yeah. 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 So that in that way, and that was, this is the first time ever I got to do that. You know what I mean? Like we never had that kind of time to work on an album, especially uh, we had the opportunity to get together and jam and stuff like that, which was just like, that usually doesn't happen since we're so far apart. You know what I mean? So, yeah, and I've been busy too, bro. I, I still eating. I'm I'm still eating cheese puffs even when I'm busy. So you know, making yeah. the making the best, <laughs> and you know, making the best of a situation has kind of been a commonality for the last couple of years. You know, and you guys have been doing that. And obviously, life as of late, right? Many of us are finally beginning to return to the stage setting. You know, fans and musicians alike. But you know, Steve, you, you talked about staying busy. But how have you been keeping up your drum playing these days? Has that affected your musicianship? Is anything? changed for your routine wise lately if at all uh dude not at all man i i mean i i was more liberal with giving myself days off here and there um since since we stopped uh touring or whatever uh but i'm a pretty regular practice 
guy. Like I play just about every other day. Yeah. Um, and the only time I really give myself a day off is uh, something special. You know what I mean? Like a date or something with my girl or um, if I'm like borderline injured, that's <laughs> the only times I really like, or dying. Off a day. <laughs> like I try to keep that schedule for me. That's super important. And, you know, to stay greased and, uh, and to be able to uh, improve at all. You know what I mean? It's just, I want to stay away from just being in that maintenance. Uh, yeah. Maintenance mode, you know what I'm saying? I want to be able to be pushing things, you know? So, and I come from a family of musicians. So both of my brothers are drummers. So it was really great to, to see what they were able to do during that time. I mean, I think they're, they never, I don't think they would be the drummer they are today if, if it wasn't for the pandemic. I know it's a weird thing to say because yeah. you don't want to revisit that time in your life in 2020. That's like the dreaded year, right? And when you think about it, but it's course, good to see yeah. that you were doing what you're doing now. Yeah. You know, Immolation, if people who don't know, uh, the band got its inception around 1988, somewhere in there. But I know you joined the band a little bit later down the band's timeline, 2003, 2004, somewhere in there. But yeah, whether it's with Immolation or Escalation Anger or At No End or Odious Sanctum, you know, the list goes on. You've been at this for a while, man. And I do want to touch on the subject of the touring life, the live music experience for you personally, because you've done some extensive touring. I know you guys are about to embark on this Acts of God North American tour soon, but I want to piggyback off of, you know, playing those biggest shows in the world. You, you played at Vakken, you played at Brutal Assault, you played at Hellfest, 70,000 tons of metal team of you. What is it about performing live, Steve, that you love the most or maybe even miss the most? Would you say you have a newfound appreciation about it now? Uh, no, it, playing live has always been where it's at for me. Uh always in every band I've ever been in. Um, I'm also a big fan of just playing even when there's not a crowd there. So the actual physically playing with the guys is, is the best part of it for me. Now, whether there's a crowd there or not, uh, obviously that does make a bit of a difference, but you know, that's just my favorite part of music is yeah. that. And, and when you add a crowd into it, it just amps it up. You know what I mean? Exponentially, um, which brings with it its own pros and cons. But um, it's just the best, man. It's just the best. That's that's one, you know, you experience your true potential. Uh, that's when your self-expression is at its height. You know what I mean? That's when you're yeah. really expressing the music. You know what I mean? So in the studio, for me, it's. I don't feel it so much. You know what I mean? That, that fire of expression, there's a lot of, uh, you know, you have to be surgically precise and a lot of things uh, in the studio that, that go out the window live. You know what I mean? So that's when everybody's just really vibing. You know what I mean? I'm not playing to a track that, that Bob laid down to a click. No, you know what I mean? Yeah. We're out there playing those riffs from our heart, you know what I mean? And, and vibing off of each other and stuff like that. And, that's that's that organic feel that's that's what i like the most i love that that's where the adrenaline comes from and like i said you know what i mean when you throw that into the mix your playing goes up you ask any musician that your playing goes up a level you're doing yeah. things beyond what you're normally able to do you know what i mean so and hey it also uh, touches on the subject of being in the metal music realm you know we're bro, bro we're in heavy metal because it's it's about the live presence, the, the live experience, and the thing that makes 
emulation emulation is the presence that you guys feed off from the crowd and, and i've seen the live performances it's it's fucking insane and uh, off of that when the, the last two years we've seen live streaming a lot of the bands what they've been doing on stage they've been taken to the screen i'm sure you've seen some of the live streaming there whether it be facebook instagram or pre-recorded show we've had bands mm-hmm. come on our show like you know, uh, Devin Townsend came on, or Treyu, August Burns Red, a lot of bands. And they talked about their experience on, you know, uh, creating a live stream for the, for the fans, whether it's going to a nonprofit, trying to trying to make a good cause during a crazy situation. I, I don't know if that has ever crossed immolation or or your mind about doing a live stream for, for something like that, because, you know, staying indoors and staying, I, I know you guys were busy, but at, was there any point where like, man, what do we do aside from recording an album? Do we do a live streaming or do we just hold off until things do open up? I, I wonder about that for a band like you guys. We weren't, we, we weren't worried about it at all. Not, not a hmm. bit whatsoever. Matter of fact, the only time we even mentioned it was very recently uh, after the album was all tied up, you know what I mean? Uh, or buttoned yeah. up rather. Uh, we were just really focused on, on, those 13 songs you know what i mean this whole time yeah. until very recently once it, like i said once we finally wrapped it up you know so uh we're, we're really worried about that plus we just tore our asses off you know what i mean we saw everybody you know we did north america like three times or more you know it was just like you know we saw everybody we pounded them with atonement and you know uh we were we felt like it was it was a good time to just lay back and and put everything into creating this album and then you know we go back out and obviously we, we had no idea how long things were going to last or you know what yeah. i mean um but uh yeah so we weren't worried we weren't really worried about that it's good to see everybody doing that staying active and, and doing their thing you know what i mean and when we yeah. did bring it up i was like no <laughs> I didn't want to do it. I mean, I it's like, cool to monitor your own room, right? For like one, for I like a second, like... for a day. But then like how much, how, I feel like there's a barrier. Like once you do the live streaming, <laughs> you kind of hit that barrier. It's like, okay, we did the live streaming. How much more creative can we get? You know, like it's yeah. cool. Like it's monitoring your own room is nice, but how much longer can you do it for? There was also that subject I, yeah. matter. Yeah, there's also that subject matter of, I want to bring this up, like mental health. Because I've had friends, personal friends of mine who would text me like, hey, Sonny, I saw this uh, behemoth live stream. I, I've never seen them live before in person because they purposely don't go to shows because of being in large crowds and so on and so forth. Like this, you see what I'm saying? Like that is also a factor. So um, I feel like we could talk about that as much as we want because the rabbit hole goes deeper and deeper and deeper when it comes to the live True. streaming and some of the some fans like benefit off of it. I get that. Didn't. So I but, get that. I never really thought about it that way, and that's very true. I would, you know, I was just approaching mm-hmm. it really from an artist's point of view and, you know, where I was just like, I don't know if that fits us, you know, I don't yeah, know. And, and that's that okay. And, and that's totally okay. And you, you yeah. should do the way you want to do your, do your music. That's the freedom about all this, you know? And, yeah. and then there's another subject of third world countries who may not have access to emulation live. They, they can tune yeah. into, you see what I'm saying? Like, there's so many things that benefit that we learned from, at least I learned from the pandemic when it comes to like the virtual live streaming, but you know, uh, obviously staying busy during the pandemic was definitely an important thing. Steve, before we move on, I got to ask, because aside from the music, this is a very kind of, I get a great answer out of everybody. Has that time 
like open up new things for you that it may you may not not have you know explored before about yourself you know that's something that you can take with you moving forward into the after the pandemic you know because i discovered baking for crying out loud the first couple months i never bake man i bake cookies like two straight months and now i'm i i I can do that every now and then has something like that happened to you like it's like you know what this is really cool (laughs) a good skill to have man what about you Uh, nothing Nothing. new, man. Like I, just drumming, man. I I really have enough interests and they all seem to be very, very physically involved to where just working on those alone, you know what I mean? Like the pandemic opened up some, some additional time to me, uh, at some points to where I was able to work on my interests that I already had more. Oh yeah. You know what I mean? See, for me, it's like, I've got a handful of things that I love so much that I couldn't possibly spend enough time doing them. I don't have enough endurance to do, you know, everything every day, you know, the way I would like to, you know what I mean? To, to really feel like done at the end of the day, like I've accomplished everything I want to accomplish. There's a lot of pursuits of mine that I would just be able to, uh work endlessly on you know what i mean yeah and Um, speaking of working endlessly let's talk about the new album man acts of god drops february 18th on nuclear blast records we talked about everything except the new music now i mentioned i think i mentioned a number earlier regarding the band's discography this is the 11th album right before we get into the nitty-gritty of acts of god i see you adjusting yourself in your seat there so get comfortable because this is the follow-up to 2017's highly lauded atonement because that was just another solid effort through and through. I mean, to this day, I mean, a lot of my death metal peers, they still call that the album of the year for that year. And you guys already have had albums, which have gone to be recognized as staple records among thousands of death metal fans and musicians today, you know, Donna possession, uh, close to a world below harnessing ruin. I mean, this is just another impressive addition to your catalog. And despite the lineup changes over the years, Steve, I mean, you guys have really honed in to your sound and your identity and have stayed true to that over the years. I mean, I don't care who you are, but 11 records is not an easy thing to do yet. Here you are. And I know I'm building this up, but knowing and being a part of that success that Immolation has been through, Steve, you know, walk me through this. Does writing get easier or does the pressure of so many great records make it harder? Um. a loaded question (laughs) yeah well the writing in so much as what i contribute would be mostly the drums uh some arrangement type things that that i'll throw in but uh honestly the 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 vision of the album so what acts of god became Hmm. was a vision of Bob's man. I mean that Bob puts the song together and I think that he sees it all. I think he sees the way it's going to be or the way he wants it to be anyway at the end of the line. And the rest of us in the band are just getting it piecemeal. Um, you know, like the first tracks I get for an album are just like the, just a basic rhythm guitar track, which as you know, by the end of it, there's lots of layering and leads and all kinds of stuff like that. You know what I mean? They go over that. 
which he's already got in his mind pretty much. He knows what he wants to do and where he wants to do it and stuff. But we don't get to see that stuff until it's all done, you know yeah. what I mean, and together. Um, so the writing, as far as I'm concerned, is always this, it's always the same goal. I always want to write the best album we've ever done. You know what I mean? I think I, I sat down with the guys before Majesty and Decay because we yeah. already put out two two albums, two full lengths uh, with the same lineup. We were all really comfortable with each other. And I remember being like before Majesty, like, dudes, we got a little time here. You know, we know what we want to do. I was like, there's no reason we can't put out the best album we've ever put out. So let's just do it now. Let's do it this album. Let's make this, you know, make it this album. This is the opportunity. There's no reason not to, you know, everybody got hyped for that. And we did it. And we've really tried to do that every time since I think. Um, and that's definitely my philosophy on the drums. Like I definitely want to go in and do something better than anything I've done to that point. Um, yeah. And, and, and that's a blanket statement for the drums, you know, too. Like I'm, I'm not saying that I want to play faster than I ever have or longer than I ever have or any of that. I just want to do better things and, and do it, uh, in a better way. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah. and, and- and and with this, I want to piggyback off of that because 15 tracks, this album, Act of God, and uh, it clocks in around 53 minutes. Bro, it does not feel like 53 minutes. Uh, hear me out here because songs yeah. like the title track, To Shed the Light, to Immoral Stain, which is my personal favorite, Broken Prey, uh, When Halos Burn, even that single Apostle that dropped, classic immolation that it, it just that ranges back from the band's early days of old school death metal with to the modernized version of death metal today music is always evolving man and it's a beautiful thing to see and you guys have meshed together the old and the new into this offering which i am confident it will please many of the fans out there like i know this is immolation when i'm listening to it like yeah. you know you guys uh cannibal corpse obituary dying fetus to name a few you guys are out there continuing to forge ahead with the classic death metal roots but something about all this to me steve feels traditional like you want to keep that going you know and funny i've noticed that so far um at least with a, a apostle in the comments and stuff like that that i've seen you know a lot of people are saying oh this part sounds like this or this reminds me of these this old yeah. album. This, you know what i mean which is cool to me i like that i like that you know i need a i, I know people look for that continuity or whatever and, and i like that too because i'm like you said earlier i there was a good amount of time where I was a fan of this band, you know, before I even met these dudes where I was listening to the tape, dude, you don't have not, you have no idea how many Dawn of Possession tapes I went through with me and my friends. Just over, do you, over, do you over, still over, have them over. with you? I don't know if you're a sentimental person like me. Do you still have them? No, no, we destroyed them. No, they, oh, they were just, we played, we played them to destruction. Dude, I'm telling you, we, we <laughs> were into them that much, you know, yeah. so I used to go see them live and stuff like that. And, and, you know, shake their hands after the show. Great job, guys. You know what I mean? Like, never thinking in a million years that I would ever be playing with those guys. Um, so, for me, I love those old aspects. You know, for me, that's nostalgic like any fan. You know what I mean? So, anytime I hear one of those old elements, I'm like, ooh, oh, yeah, that reminds me of failures or or something. You know what I mean? I love that in the new stuff. So, yeah. I feel like yeah, you're speaking cool. my language when it comes to, like, writing the YouTube comments. I know when I go to the YouTube comments after this interview, I'm going to see exactly a lot more of what we just talked about. Yes. And, and with, you know, being a drummer, I got to ask, how much do things change from when you first start composing on your song, Steve, to where you end up finishing it? Does a lot change in between? Does nothing change? Do you already have a specific sound you want to achieve in mind? 
It all depends on how much time I have. Like yeah. Broken Prey, that song, I spent like six months, dude, tweaking that song. Oh my Just the drum parts for that one song. I would I would come up with something and I would record it. Or no, I would come up with something, I'd like teach myself to play it, then I would record it, and then I wouldn't like it, or I would tweak it, and then I'd have to teach myself to play the new way, and then I would record it, and I'd work on some other part that I would be changing, and then eventually I'd come back, and, I'd, you know, stuff happens by accident when you're playing it a lot, too, and you're like, oh, I like that, you know, and I was recording all my sessions because I was just trying to come up with the best possible stuff. Dude, I tweaked and retweaked that six months from the, from the, from the day that they sent me the demo of it to when I sent it back to them with the drums on it. Bro, check, 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 check. You have achieved that, my friend, because it, as, you're, as you're telling me how the sound progressed, does that ever seep into your head when you're like, okay, let's say the album is finished. You know, before Acts of God was was done, the final the final production is sent out to you. Does Is there like, I don't know if it's a fear, but as a drummer, does it ever settle in? Like, man, I don't know if I want to hear this song again because I'm worried I'm going to change it again. I kind of want to just leave it. Have, have no, no I, not I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to. I know I'm going to change. <laughs> I'm already changing stuff. That's terrible. Yeah, and then there's People that live setting. The album. Yeah, and then there's that live setting where, like, I'm sure when I see you guys live next month, I'll hear maybe a different version of Apostle or or you know a Moral Stain. Exactly. I don't know. So that's exactly. that's, that's as far as the drums go. You're probably, I'm probably which is awesome. I I that. love it, and I, I want to touch on the sound because the production. Good Lord, like the sound was a big part of this record that I really love. Like, Steve, I'm I'm an audiophile these days. I'm very picky on how I want my music to sound, the way I want it to sound. It was pure and that raw sound of old school death metal. But again, with today's production, it was really on point. It was produced by, for people who don't know, by the band's longtime friend, Paul Orfino of Millbrook Studios. And he's known for his work with Blue Oyster Cult, Bad Co, Golden Earring, mixed and mastered by Zach, yeah, Zach Oren. Like that's this crazy of Castle Ultimate Studios. Talk about these guys. I, I wonder if there was that sense of comfortability in the studio for you, knowing that you had Paul, you had Zach working on Acts of God with you, right? Yeah, well, I didn't at first. Um, <laughs> we, I, I didn't know where we were going to go, what we were going to do. Uh, you know, I figured we were going to try to work with Paul again, but with the the uh, pandemic, everything was really fucked up. Yeah. So. Um, Eventually we got a hold of them. It sounded like we were going to do it. Uh, and then it sounded like, well, maybe we weren't going to be able to do it because he had moved and like his new studio studio was really small. And we were like, Ugh. I then like, I, you don't understand. Like the studio is a big deal for me. The, the comfortability of working with people I've worked with before, you know what I mean? Cause I can get neurotic in the studio so that's a good to thing think that I would have to work like lay that on somebody new. I was like really worried. I was like, no, Uncle Paul. I need more <laughs> Uncle Paul. So eventually uh, things worked out. He made it happen. He like uh, uh, knocked out this little uh, area in the studio where I was able to wedge my kid in there kind of sideways. Yeah. Uh, but I would can't describe the relief when i found out we were, were going to be able to work with him and then zach was going to do it again because those two had been the team you know for the last three four albums and just the pro i love the progression that we were following up to that point you know what i mean through majesty and mm -hmm. providence and uh, 
kingdom and then atonement and obviously you know atonement ended up coming out so nice and so i was really stoked for that next step in that evolution you know what i mean so yeah shout out yeah. to zach and paul for bringing the sound of immolation to life now i don't know if this this part right here is it's for either ross or bob but bob ross now that i think about it <laughs> you know between because i want to get your take on it steve you know uh, between writing and structuring the songs and the production process like we just talked about you know, keep all this in mind as, as I'm asking this, because I was really excited to talk about this part, the lyricism throughout Acts of God, right? Uh, the bulk of that ranges around topics of uh, uh, genuine evil and the great deception of religion, right? Even the cover art, for example, Ross went on to say that, uh, I got a quote right here, we wanted this cover to feel much darker, more melancholy and hopeless. And if you've seen the album cover, and this is for anyone out there, it shows a trifecta of these angels uh, beings. They're desperately trying to like prevent one another's like flesh from melting and this black and light from above. It had colors of black, gold, and white. It's it's beautiful, man. I went to film school, Steve, so I'm a sucker for cinematography. I thought that was right. amazing. But I, be, I also began to think about the tangibles of a theme to this album. Like, is there one or is there multiple? Like, how important are themes... To you guys was that a big component to songwriting on acts of god i don't know how much you can add to that i don't know like i said i can i, I can only tell you what i know of it yeah just you know just because we we share with each other as as you know we're developing and writing the stuff and you know obviously ross and bob are doing lyrics on their own you know what yeah. i mean mm -hmm. um but uh i feel like oftentimes there's things that the guys want to talk about, or there's a couple of few ideas that they have. And the theme of the album will either develop around that mm -hmm. mixed with like the music, you know what I mean? Or just completely by the music. So like a lot of times the lyric game won't start until late. So once there's, you know, half or more of the songs are actually written and, and we're hearing the sound and the, the vibe of it. You know what I mean? Then sometimes I think that the, the theme or whatever, if, if there is one, we'll kind of follow that. Um, a lot of it has to do with, like I said, what, whatever the guys want to talk about or whatever might be happening or has happened lately uh, in current uh, yeah. affairs and stuff like that. You know what I mean? And even personal interests, you know, like, uh, Ross started to dive pretty deep and in, into World War II and stuff like that. That became like a a, a, a very uh, big interest of his, you know what I'm saying? And so the lyrics during that period in time uh, would often reflect that, you know what I mean? Whether he was explicit about it or whether, you know what I mean, it, he was speaking in generalities or whatever or symbolically, you know what I mean? That's yeah. what was what was driving the themes and stuff like that. So, uh I'll even add that it, even at a time like today, I feel like it's it's very par powerful with the lyricism, you know, because you have a song like Apostle, one of the, the I love this because it's it's very poetic. Worship and trust, devote yourselves, devote yourselves to us. Murderous lust, follow through you must. Holy shit. Like that's just one of the go ahead. <laughs> I, I just said I just said it's good stuff. And yeah. uh, you know, I I think Ross uh, really outdid himself uh i know he and bob both worked hard on the lyrics and uh they're awesome i really the best job uh in a long time i think that's the best stuff they've ever done man. it's yeah, really cool 
And I meant, yeah, I mentioned Immoral Stain. That's my personal favorite, but go ahead. (laughs) Yeah, no, no, no. Uh, I was just going to say that uh, some of the songs uh, weren't even really written about what they may appear to have been written about, you know? So, um, yeah, like own interpretation to the listener also. You could leave it to that. Yeah, multiple interpretations, you know what I mean? And then I I think people uh, will be surprised to find out what some of these songs were actually written about, you know what I mean? Because they're written in a way that you really can take multiple meanings to them. I mean, I've noticed that in the comments too. On, yeah. On a, people are like, I don't think anybody really knows what the song's really about, but you see all these, which oh, is yeah, great. Like, I cool. think that's, I think that's cool. Great they're talking about this, but, they're, but these people are, are absolutely convinced that it's about one thing or another, you know what I mean? Because that's the way they see it. And that's really cool. I like that. I think that's a cool dimension to it. Yeah. I feel like the limit is there's no, there's no limit to the interpretation of the songs, which really expands on your musicality and the band's musicality, lyrically, musically. And I think that's, that's a beautiful thing. But uh, uh, Steve, lastly, man, we're nearing the end of our interview. Man, we've covered a good amount of ground on this awesome conversation, man. Thank you for just sharing so much about who you are and what emulation is all about. It, you know, I begin to think of everything that you've just told me up to this point. What is the most rewarding part, man, for someone like you who is now at this point in their career? At the same time, you've been involved with so many other aforementioned talented bands, artists, individuals throughout that timeline we have discussed. You know, as a musician, and as a drummer, did all that sort of just play a part in helping you grow as a person? In other words, do you ever just stop for a moment to take a look back at how far you've come? Uh, you can take this moment to do that, man. <laughs> yeah, I guess I don't. I mean, there'll, there'll be plenty of time for that eventually. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm still... I'm still thinking about where I'm going, you know what I mean? Where, where, what we're doing now. And I'm, I'm really just enjoying the ride, enjoying the moment. I, I mean, obviously, uh, you know, I know every day, uh, very consciously that I'm, uh, been fortunate, you know what I mean? Um, so I'm very grateful for that, but, uh, I, I don't often dwell on what may or may not have transpired up to this point. I'm still kind of on the journey, you know what I mean? So, and that's we'll see. Uh, I'm excited for this next chapter, dude. This 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 is going to be fun, and uh, and these songs are going to be fun to play, and I think uh, they're going to go over great live. I just I'm really excited about what we got going on right now, and uh, about seeing seeing this happen, man. Seeing it yeah. all unfold. And I've said it before, and I'll say it again. If it wasn't for you guys, I wouldn't be where I'm at today with the music of Immolation. So thank you for shout out to what you've done throughout your career. And I can't again. I'm I'm a fan. I'm just one of many fans out there. I can't wait to see where you guys go from here. Now, before I let you go, I mentioned the surprise yeah. at the end, right? All right. Hit me with the boomerang. So yes. Here we go. I'm going to do a little fun segment here to, to finish things off. We've been serious, man. Let's let's tone it down a notch. All right. So I'm going to do something called the lightning round. Oh, boy. Why does everyone get nervous about this part? This is crazy. So I'm going to I'm, I'm go... I'm going to go down the list. I'm going to go down the list here, Steve. I'm going to ask you, I'm going to ask you some questions. You just have to think quick on your feet. You have to pick one or the other. Some of them are simple questions. Some of them are just downright stupid, which is the best part. All right. So here we go. All right. I think you got this. All right. They can, they can cap on. All right. I know you're from Ohio, right? Okay. Let's, let's begin with a simple one. What's the capital of Ohio? Columbus. Yeah. All right. Just kidding. That was a test question. Red or blue. Okay. Red. Vegan or meat? Meat. Coffee or tea? 
T. Cats or dogs? Cats. Star Wars or Harry Potter? Star Wars. Mexican food Whoa. or Ita- uh, what'd you say? The <laughs> Elder Star yeah, Wars. Yeah, there we go. I, I mean, you made you made that correction. That's I can't get with Disney, bro. I can't do it. Oh man, that's we're gonna have to save that for another interview. <laughs> yeah, don't let Mex- me hold up the lightning now. <laughs> Mexican food or Italian food? <sighs> Italian. Now I'm in Texas. This is the big debate. Is it pecan pie or pecan pie? Pecan. Yeah, I said pecan. That's that's the actual natural debate. So it's it's really different. It's very a, very divided down the line. <laughs> I've got a culinary background, so uh, pecan. Hey, it, if it comes from him, I don't know what else is true. All right. Uh, I wonder about this. Is it what's what's the bigger fan base? Cleveland Browns or Cleveland Cavaliers out there? Oh man. Uh, now that the king has moved on, I would say mm. the Browns. Hey, Browns people are good. Are, people are killing themselves over the Browns again, man. <laughs> I I grew up here a Steelers fan my entire year of life. I was raised. Oh my gosh! Ever since I was a little kid, and got beat up for it plenty of times. Um, so I just I get to laugh at the Browns fans every year. Still, they just. Their, their undying loyalty, I'll give that to them. But, man, it's such a lost cause. They never, ever do good. Ever. Ever. I think they're turning the corner. I'm a Giants fan living in Dallas. All right? Think about how I feel, especially with this last. <laughs> Dude, that's great. I hope everybody says that next season because they say that shit every year. Oh, my God. This that's is it, so... man. We're going all the way. Oh, man. You should have seen. You should have seen this entire city after the Niners won this past week. It was insane. It was great. I was able to drive around with my Giants decal on my back of the car. Anyway, we're moving on. Halloween or Christmas? Christmas. L.A. or New York? L.A. I'm making you think, huh? Are tomatoes a fruit or a vegetable? Definitely a fruit. Hey, culinary. That's a good question, right? Yeah. All right. Yeah. Atonement or acts of God? Acts. All right. If Hannibal Lecter offered to buy you a beer, would you accept? Yes. Would you rather be able to speak every language in the world or be able to talk to animals? Talk to animals. All right. Last one. I love this one. There's a time machine in front of you, Steve. It says the destination is Woodstock 99. Do you take the trip knowing what transpires there? Negative. Oh, really? Okay. I've had people ask yeah. me, well, if it's a VIP pass, then I don't have to worry about the crowd. And obviously with that do- <laughs> documentary, that documentary that dropped on HBO. It's the VIP pass. <laughs> Come it's on, the man. VIP pass. <laughs> That's great. <laughs> You've seen it. Like, it's crazy. Like, the happened in New York for that, that, that weekend of three days is it was crazy the stuff that uh that was released all the information from that documentary i was like wow all those assaults all those riots it was i mean yeah. negative i agree all right man I, uh I, I i read about it and uh it's this good. has been great dude that was that's it for the lightning round you did awesome man oh, cool. uh, awesome, <laughs> so man steve this has been an honor again do you have any like last words any shout outs anything like the plug or mention for emulation or the new album before we finish things off here i know you guys have that tour coming out do you have a new yeah. single whatever you can i cannot say the floor is yours uh we got a new video coming out soon uh we have 
a couple more songs we're planning on releasing before everything goes awesome. down and a couple couple other big announcements um and uh we're all just itching to get out and play and see all our friends everywhere uh in north america again so uh come on out it's kicking off february 18th check uh check our facebook our instagram um and get the dates find out when we're coming by hit us up let us know uh alex and i are on facebook and instagram too so uh you know, we look forward to seeing you guys playing these songs, seeing what everybody thinks about the, the rest of Acts of God, possibly good. I got high hopes for the rest of it, man. Fuck yeah. I can't wait for everyone to hear it. And that Acts of God North American tour uh, with Imperial Triumphant, Mortiferum, and Black Anvil. Steve, I'll see you here on uh, February 25th at Amplified here in Dallas. So I look forward to that day. Let's stay I'll in see- touch on the social. Yeah, remind me. And, remind uh, me and uh, we'll, uh, we'll hang. Yeah, it sounds good, man. And uh, I'll buy you a beer, dude. It's It's been a long time coming, just going back to the shows again. It's nice to... Immolation for my soul, for many other souls. I think that's what we need, <laughs> especially with yeah, just so- the energy that you guys put on stage. And everyone who's listening, this is Steve Shaletti. Uh, Immolation, Acts of God, drops February 18th on Nuclear Blast Records. You can listen to this podcast on all major podcast streams out there. And check us out on interviewunderfire.com. Steve, we'll stay in touch, man. I'll keep you posted when this episode drops, and I'll see you here in Dallas. Have a, have a great tour. Have a great uh, these coming weeks leading up to the release. So glad to see what you guys are doing lately, and I can't wait to see what the future holds. You stay Thanks safe, buddy. So much, I'll you talk to you later. So All right, Be stay safe. in touch. Talk to you later. Bye. Yep. We'll do. Bye. <laughs>